Iberian giants Portugal and Spain have plenty of superstars between them, players who operate at the highest level, who've won trophies galore. But this has been a World Cup of shocks, one where the ground you walk on is never quite as firm as you think. Can Morocco or Switzerland or both spring a surprise? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. No surprises when it comes to the quality of my tipsters today. Marco has worn out all of the screens in the bet cave. He's had to order some new ones. Uh, Mark, let's start with Morocco against Spain. Spain had some great moments in the group stage, but I thought we saw plenty of fragility too. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, they started games very, very well, very domineering, very dominant uh, in terms of possession, territory and, and creating opportunities. But in the second half, things have gone a little bit awry in the matches and you can sort of discount the match against Costa Rica as a as a walkover win, really. But if you look at the, the group stage as a whole, they have had a 94% share of the total expected goals in the first half of all three matches put together, which is unremarkably dominant. But in the second half, it drops to just 42%. Um, now, obviously, game state can dictate things there a little bit, but um, that's, a, that's a huge drop-off. And I think even with the eye test, you can pick out a few concerns. You know, in the last half hour against Germany, they were pressed high and they faltered. Uh, Morata came on and their own sort of pressing game sort of dropped off a little bit. They only had, uh, they didn't have a shot, sorry, in the last half hour of that match, uh, or they might have had one. Uh, Germany had six. Um, so that was a concern. Um, and they looked really uncomfortable when put under pressure by Japan in the second half, who were obviously chasing the game too. And the first goal arrives via an error because of Japan's pressing. Uh, Unai Simon, uh, in particular, looking a little bit um, uneasy. It's an accident waiting to happen, that fella. I've been saying it all through the tournament. He, I understand why he's in the team because he can play the ball out, and I get it. But he, he's space cadet. He just completely <laughs> switches off. It's, it's honestly bizarre. Really strange. Yeah, and then, I mean, I'm not sure any of us are going to be particularly fond of, of Rodri playing at centre-half, although the alternatives don't feel you have too much confidence either. So, yeah, there are there are a couple of concerns there about Spain. Um, I personally wouldn't be rushing to back the minus one on the Asian handicap in this match. Um, you know, you need Spain to win by two goals or more for that bet to land, and I, I think that's a, a reasonable you know task for them because Morocco... They're no stooges, really. Um, they're better than we, uh, than most people anticipated coming into the competition. To come through the group alongside or, or ahead of Belgium uh, and alongside Croatia deserves massive credit. They weren't massively pushed by Croatia in the last game, uh, but I think they can be proud of their performances, particularly against Croatia and, and, and Belgium. Uh, their starting eleven, as we mentioned pre-tournament, is is a decent match for most teams in this competition. Uh, they have got a bit of uh, you know, invention, a bit of creation in that team. They've not been massively entertaining. They've only averaged around eight shots per game, but they've conceded only five shots on target and 12 shots in the box, which I think is, is really excellent work uh, from a defensive perspective. Only four nations have allowed fewer shots in the box through the group stage than Morocco. So the system is working out quite well. This clearly is a significant step up. Of course it is. Um, but yeah, bar the sort of uh, game against Costa Rica, I don't think Spain have convinced for more than 45 minutes in this competition. So clearly we're now at the serious stage where teams can up their game and, and show their real potential. Uh, that is obviously a slight concern. But I think backing Morocco plus one at around 1.86 is, is fair enough. I think it will give you a decent run for your money in this match. But um, the bet I really like actually 
is uh, Sofian Amrabat at eight to eleven for two or more fouls. Um, I think that's a really nice base for your bet builder. It's copped in all three of his matches. He's committed three or more fouls in two of those three. He is very much the sort of terrier of that Moroccan midfield. He's been so, great, right? He's been, he's been brilliant, like yeah. he's the glue that holds that whole team together. I think in yeah. midfield. Yeah, he's been much better than I anticipated. I thought that would be the weak point of Morocco in this competition, but he's been superb protecting the back four, um, leaving his foot in when he can as well. You know, he does like a bit of the physical stuff. Morocco only had 35% of the ball and 33% of the ball against Croatia and Belgium. You know, we've seen Spain absolutely dominate. They, they're, they're, the centre-halves ran up record numbers uh, in terms of passing against Japan in their last matches. So they're going to dominate the ball, probably 65%, pushing 70% of the ball. It means Amrabat is going to be working overtime in that midfield to to disrupt things too. So I think that's a nice starter for a bet builder. Marco Hare huddled around the TV going, kill him, Sofian, kill him. Uh, the dashing data doctor is in, Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal. Jake, Spain do have some weaknesses and Morocco have potential pace on the counter. So where are we at with this? Correct, yeah. And uh, I think Mark's laid the table quite nicely there. He's mentioned the bet that I like, Morocco plus one on the Asian handicap. Um, he's talked about the defensive solidity, considered just one expected goal against per game uh, across the group matches, which is a decent total, I think, against the Belgium team that we saw against Croatia were more than capable of creating opportunities uh, and a Croatia team themselves who absolutely panned Canada. So um, really impressive. Uh, and the, I think the, the most important thing for me is that while the XG total is potentially quite high, given the fact that they've barely con- they've conceded just once. They've only conceded 20 shots. So on average, the shots that they're conceding have an XG of 0.05. So they're conceding low probability efforts, which is really impressive. Um, and, you know, the, the opponents, they've let them concede just one uh, big chance per game. So, you know, they, they are limiting their, their opponents really, really well in terms of not allowing them to create good chances. And, and I think the deep line approach with the counter-attacking threat that you mentioned is you know, exactly the recipe that caused Spain problems against Japan because Japan played in that manner for a long period of that game, particularly in the second half um, when they actually put their good team on. Um, so yeah, I could see this being very, very similar um, kind of game for Spain where they just sort of pass in for passing sakes and it gets a little bit um, laborious and, and they potentially run out of ideas because that, that's always been one of the main issues for me with Spain is that forward area. Um, you know, we we haven't seen bar the Costa Rica game. We haven't seen them have a good attacking performance um, against Germany. They're just 0.79 expected goals. Japan 1.2. So they're not creating good chances against good teams. And I definitely would put Morocco in that category of a good team. So um, yeah, I think that they, I think they frustrate Spain. Uh, I think they'll hold them to very few chances. I think it'll be another one of those games against like against Japan where the possession's incredibly high, but they don't do a lot with the ball. Um, and I could see this game going to extra time and penalties. I think it could, it's got the potential to be one that goes all the distance because Morocco, they're a savvy team. They're a well-organized team. Um, and yeah, they, they, they're going to cause some problems. So Morocco plus one on the on the Asian handicap, 1.86. That'll do for me. They just don't lose by two goals. I don't think they do. Trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe is with us once again. Emmett, I think Jake's right. Certainly Morocco have the capability of pushing Spain really hard. And this is going to be quite a tough game for Spain. I think the casual fan might look at it and think, oh, well, Spain are one of the favourites. They should duff up Morocco. But it's unlikely to work that way. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think the, this is the ultimate clash of styles. Like where you've got 
one team in Spain who are averaging 75% possession throughout the tournament, which is 9, 9% more than the team in second, Argentina, which is a huge gap. And then you have Morocco, who are kind of fifth or fifth last in the possession stakes. So it's pretty obvious where the shape of this game is going to take, as Mark outlined. But just to kind of emphasize how good South Korea's defense is, like we see a lot of teams in, in all in, in all international football and football in general being like, oh yeah, we'll put 10 men behind the ball, we'll sit deep, enjoy them space. But actually, like very if you have that approach, it's very hard to actually deny team shots on target in the, in the way Morocco are doing. Like to kind of to be give to be giving up as much possession as uh, kind of as much possession as they are, and only having allowed four shots on target in the tournament is a serious effort and does speak to how well organized Morocco are. But I just I would be concerned for them just in the kind of matchup aspect of this game. The teams that actually trouble Spain in terms like in this tournament are teams that actually the bravery to press them high and and kind of and and kind of force turnovers. And as we haven't seen that from Rocco at all this tournament, I think they're I, I don't see them changing. I think they'll play that very, very conservative approach and, and kind of and hope to kind of keep Spain at bay. I don't think they're that well organised in the counter-attack from what I saw. Like again, in, in the first, I know it's only the first game, but against Croatia, they could have created very little. Against Belgium, I thought they were very, very limited again. And, they, and again, they, they only scored off a set piece and then kind of nicked one late on. So I think Morocco are a really limited team in attack. And with all the questions about Spain, I think they can do enough here to kind of just own own the ball and kind of be conservative in possession and stop and stop Morocco get and stop Morocco getting out and kind of edge edging a tight game. It is interesting that the, the I think it's if this match happened probably at the start of the tournament, I think Spain would probably be a, a 135, 1.4 shot. So and, and that they have actually drifted in the last few days to now be as big as 1.65. And I just, I given they've kind of drifted that price, I'd decided them to win to nail here at around 2.4. I think, I think, I, I, I just, I think Morocco, Morocco are, are, are extremely limited in possession. And for all, for all, for all Spain's faults, I think that they are good enough to kind of own the ball and kind of win, win a kind of a dour struggle against kind of limited opponent, which I think Morocco are. Just if if Morocco go down and this kind of a game state thing, so if it's nil all, the longer it's nil all, I don't think Morocco will kind of push the game at all. But if Morocco were down during the game, they have to push forward. I'd have a look at kind of Roman Sice in the goal score markets at big prices. He scored he scored first against Belgium um, at, at the near post, and he kind of he asked their um, in the African Nations Cup. He's some very good kind of shot shot and kind of shot shot on target stats and xG stats in that tournament. He had a decent goal scoring record for Wolves as well. So. I think I think you should, yeah you should be able to get kind of say if it's half an hour to go and rocker one day you should be able to get twenty five to one thirty three to one to score any time I think that would that would be worth a few quid as well. Remember, you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on selected World Cup matches. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Portugal, the 1.98 favourites as they face Switzerland. Jake Olskothorpe, I am not having that price at all. I, I think that is positively disrespectful to the Swiss, who I think have done very well in this tournament so far. Uh, you're not on your own there. I think we might all be on the same train yeah. to see what, what what the other guys think. But yeah, I'm I'm fully with you. I think the Switzerland price is insulting. Um, I think they've shown not only in recent internationals at this World Cup, but also previous tournaments that they're a more than capable team of of really causing a, an upset. I mean, it was only last year in the Euros where you know they they came from was it three one down and knocked France out at this stage. So. 
uh, and then they took Spain's penalties. So they're more than capable of uh, of hanging in here. And 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 yeah, that that Portugal price is short. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, I wasn't high on Portugal heading into the tournament, and the performances have done little to kind of persuade me otherwise that they that they, they can go deep. Um, my intention kind of with Portugal was always to oppose them in the, the first opportunity they got in a knockout round against a good team. Uh, and I think Switzerland are a good team. I think they've shown that they're a very good team. Um, you know, they did what they needed to against Cameroon and Serbia. They actually did it really impressively. Um, you know, against Cameroon, they conceded very little chances, racked up nearly two expected goals. And then against Serbia, what was effectively a derby match, like you know, the, the stakes were super high. It was kind of win or go home. They were utterly dominant. They racked up over three expected goals, conceded around 1.4. So it was a comfortably deserved win. Um, and then in between that, obviously, played Brazil. And only lost to an 81st minute, 82nd minute um, Casemiro goal. So everything for me is really positive around the Swiss. Um, and then from an underlying data standpoint, Portugal, uh, it, it's just been it's been poor. You know, you take away the penalties and, and they've averaged just 1.26 expected goals per game, which is really, really low for a team with such incredible attacking talent. Um, and then the other side of things, 1.46 expected goals against per game. So their opponents really haven't had problems creating chances against them. I know we've got, um, you know, the, the, the heavily rotated team against South Korea, but even against Uruguay in, in the second game and Ghana, they created plenty of good chances um, and really managed to, to cut Portugal open at times. So, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'm not really liking the look of, of Portugal. And I think the price you can get on Switzerland plus naught on the Asian handicap, you're looking at around 2.03. So you're getting odds against. You might even get matched at higher. I think that's the, the probably one of the bets of the round. I do think that, well, I'm not saying it, w it would be a surprise if Switzerland progressed. Um, but I think that they can avoid defeat and take this all the way. I don't think there's a lot between these two teams. Yeah, but this feels like a game where the Swiss could possibly drag them into extra time and kind of play their game because they can be really organised. Embolo's had a good tournament, so they do have quality. The power cube, Shakiri is always capable uh, of coming up with something. So, yeah, I, I, I can't... I think this is one of those bets that even on principle, you'd look at backing Portugal at 1.98 and say, I'm happy not to do that, even if you think they will go through, because the price just seems wrong. Absolutely, I, I I I agree with everything Jake said there. I think this is this this the Switzerland double chance is the best bet of the round, and I I'd go further that I, I back the draw a bet. Any positive Switzerland market you can get here. I think it's hard to find value in match betting in the World Cup, especially as the tournament was on knockout stages. But I think to me, like this is this is the one that really stood out. There's nothing that we've seen from Portugal that that would that that, that could that would make them this price. They're priced based on reputation and on the players and the pitch, and it's just. Like there, I guess the only thing I'd be a little bit concerned about for a Switzerland fan is if Fernando Santos sees sense and he picks Leao in the front line. So I do think I think there is potential real improvement in Portugal if they pick Leao, just because I think he'll add that kind of pace and attacking edge. To doesn't the seem line. to want to do that though, does no, he? No, he doesn't. But he did. He did rest in the last game. But I, 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 I'm with you. Isn't if I had to bet on it, I bet he won't. But I'm just, I'm just saying. Which obviously with Portugal there is upside, and with talent, like would it would it surprise you at all if Leao started and Portugal looks already looked more fluent and kind of won two 0 I wouldn't. But I think, but 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 kind of at the at the price, definitely definitely happy to take Switzerland as Jake outlined. Like they. The forwards that the kind of the forward lines that Switzerland nullified were some of actually the better forward lines of the tournament. Like 
after the first game, we probably didn't think of one nil against Cameroon and holding Cameroon to around 0.7 XG was that good. But actually, when you look at the, the teams that subsequently Cameroon played, holding, like when you've kind of Chupo Moting, Mbwemo, Bubakar off the bench, Cameroon were a decent four. And I think that was actually good effort, killing Serbia in, 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 in the, on, on the on the expected goal figures. And then, like, again, holding Brazil to score, scoreless for 80 minutes, like, Brazil didn't put up big XG stats in that game at all. And again, um, like, and, and we see how short, short Brazil are in the outright. That was a very good effort. Like, this, everything we've seen from Switzerland is 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 positive. I'd probably even go further than to say that they can they can qualify today. Like they're eight point five to go to get to the semi-finals. I think that's probably a bet too. I think I, I, I think Switzerland, if they get through, I think they'd be a live dog against Spain. I think they could actually create chances on the on the counter attack and potentially nullify a team that could have a flawed Spain team. And if you're feeling even braver that we were 90 to one of them, I think to, to win the tournament, I think that's not the worst each way about at all. I think obviously for beating France is a very tall order, but just like we saw, like we saw, I think yesterday. I, or I think England. France, or England. Well, 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 exactly, exactly. But now, I, I now. Just, but <laughs> we're, 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 we're say regardless of that, the, I think, but both those teams have shown kind of variance. Like Poland beat France in the XG at the weekend. England are one of the most gifted teams in the tournament, but there there is kind of a there's a volatility there's a volatility there, and a kind of a I, I, I don't, you, you couldn't be confident in their kind of team structure and style of play as 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 you could in Brazil. So I think Switzerland are a live dog here, and are potentially the kind of the the one kind of big, big prize team. Like I could really see making make a surprise in this tournament. Yeah, Mark, I like the intangibles about Switzerland. And what I mean by that is, if you look at that game against Serbia, they went behind and came back to win. And you should remember what a politically charged game that was. I mean, that is a proper, you know, you know there's a lot beyond the pitch that hinges on that game. And yet they dealt with that pressure and they came through it. They came through it very impressively. And I look at, the amount of time those guys have played together, I've talked about this a lot in this World Cup, it's almost like a club side because that group's been together for so long. They all know each other's games. They all know exactly what they're supposed to do. I know Petkovic isn't the coach anymore, but the groundwork he laid uh, as has ended up benefiting Murat Yakin, I think, as coach. And so they do look a, a pretty cohesive bunch, don't they? Yep, absolutely. I uh, completely agree with almost everything everyone has said so far, which is great to hear. So, yeah, there's continuity there, there's consistency. Um, that side's been building together for years and there's clearly quite a strong bond between the players now as well. And there's a strong identity about what they're trying to achieve and how they do it. And I just thought they were too smart and savvy for Serbia. Um, we talked about it you know, before the game, really, but we felt they probably had the, the, the better discipline, the better heads in the situation, the cool heads to which we needed to, to to win that match. And they absolutely showed that. And what was most impressive, I felt, the guys have touched about their, their attacking output, but I felt actually against a gung-ho Serbia team who needed to win that game, they restricted them to just 12 shots and two corners, um, which kind of goes to show they always had control of the match, even when they did fall behind. Um, and they've got, uh, you know, a decent knack of getting results against good teams. Uh, France knocked them out in the Euros. They went to penalties against Spain in the following match. 
Um, Spain team who most people felt, and I did too, that were probably the best team at the Euros, um, was it last year, in the Nations League. They've beaten Spain, they've beaten Portugal. They held Italy home and away in World Cup qualifying as well. They went toe-to-toe with Brazil for 80 minutes. Um, this is a team who knows how to get results um, You know, when, when faced as, as big underdogs, really. And I guess the red herring is, they, if you look at the results, they lost 4-0 to Portugal in Lisbon in June. They fielded a very sort of heavily rotated team that day, so I wouldn't read too much into that. And I just think getting evens or just above on Switzerland plus half a goal on the Asian handicap line is is brilliant, really. Um, and I've backed Portugal in every major tournament since Fernando Santos was appointed bar this World Cup because I've just given up, really. I've given up hope that they're going to find the right solution, the right balance to their team. He's too cautious, too conservative. He's got sports cars in the garage. He's refusing to to run and you know we saw at the Euros we saw during World Cup qualification against Serbia and Ireland that this team is is limited by him at times and um, I know they've shown patches that they can be capable of greatness but too often they've uninspired too often they've fallen short and I don't think they deserve to be odds on for this match either so yeah full house there in terms of opposing Portugal there are a couple of alternative bets which I do really like Granite Xhaka is 11-4 to to have a shot on target, uh, which is banked in two of his three games so far. He's even had two shots on target in one of those matches as well. He is getting forward as he does for Arsenal at the minute, and he's 13-5 to just to have two shots at all. Two shots doesn't matter where they go, even if they're blocked. So both of those bets do appeal to me. And um, João Felix is 13-10 to for two fouls or more, which... Uh, does appeal. I know he's a forward, but he's committed at least three fouls in both of his starts so far. He likes a battle. He's not the coolest of heads in the fridge, and you know he does like a bit of afters. He does leave his foot in. He will engage if there is a bit of argy bargy there as well. And I think it helps the fact that he's been fouled himself three times or more in both of his starts as well. So he's drawing fouls, but he's giving it out as well. And if anyone who's seen him play for Atletico Madrid, both domestically and on the continent, it very much is the same case there too. So, and if you just wanted to take Granite Xhaka to have a shot and Jao Felix to commit just one foul, the double comes in at 2.1, which um, I think Ooh. is a really nice price. That's very good. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip with just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. That's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If Portugal win 5 0, we're all going to have to retire immediately. But if you do want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. From Jake, from Emmett, from Mark, and from me, it's goodbye for now.